And welcome back to Harry Potter in the Reread Podcast. I am your host, David Jansen, and join with me, as always, fresh off a trip to Ikea, is Kyle Jans. Kyle, how are you? <laughs> good, good. We, uh, Man, Ikea is so hit or miss these days. You either go there and there's plenty of everything, or you get there and there's only one left of everything. So Katrina's been looking for a new office desk for um at, at her work office there and there's the particular one that we were looking for and literally we were checking today it was like out of, or throughout out of stock out of stock out of stock and then today it was like there are two left so it's like well we better go check it out and see yeah. if we can get it so managed to get it good. in and out it was probably the fastest trip to ikea that i've ever done yeah i mean with the the protocols ikea is not quite as fun there's not you can't like it's not quite the same, but can't lay on the beds. Yeah, you really. <laughs> I don't think you're least. supposed to in the, yeah. in the real world. <laughs> yeah. So I think, well, they're trying to sell mattresses. So yeah, exactly. You got to give them a test. No, no. I always, we got a hot dog in the end. So oh, excellent. That, that was good. Except now they're trying out these new, like, since they don't want people pressing the pump to the condiments, it's right. like, it's motion sensor, like in, like in a sink, right? So you wave <laughs> your hand over it, except they haven't controlled how much like comes out at a time so you wave your hand and then it's just a huge like the way too much ketchup it's mustard. too fast it's way it's too, too fast that's yeah. the issue with those it's like some of the they're like hand sanitizer ones that are the same and like you stick your hand under and it's just way too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they're they're having the same problem with the condiments and i'll i'll give Heinz or French's or whoever some some credit for for trying something new in 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 the age of COVID but there's there's some tweaks that that need to be made (laughs) yeah I only see that going poorly yeah well let's let's talk about today though we 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 have a we had a longer chapter we had chapter 11 the dueling club and and we're just going to stick to that we're going to review that one uh today um, a longer chapter, but I sped through it. I don't know about you, but I found that fun. this was kind of more of like a page turner of a yeah, chapter. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it was. Um, there's a lot going on and lots of stuff to to really enjoy in this one. They probably We're, could have split it into two because it's sort of like the dueling club, and then there's like the dueling club aftermath. So they yeah. probably could have split it into two, but that's okay. Yeah, so lots to talk about, and I think now we're finally starting to get into like the we're we're about. I looked at the the Kobo reader. We're over halfway through now, right. so now we're starting to hit like that that peak. So, why don't you uh, take us through this chapter? So, chapter starts off. Harry is awoken the morning after Colin was brought into the infirmary, infirmary, and all the bones in his arm have been regrown. So he goes to find Ron and Hermione, who had heard about what had happened to Colin and they decided to get started on that polyjuice potion and they decided the best place to do that type of you know rule breaking was going to be in the girls bathroom so he tells them that he learned that the chamber had been opened before and Ron assumes that it's Lucius Malfoy who had done that and he then passed all the knowledge on to Draco the gang is all going to stay at Hogwarts for Christmas and it turns out that Malfoy is two so they decide that's going to be when they try and Uh, get him to confess to what's going on but in order to finish the potion they need to steal the final ingredients from Snape's personal potion ingredient uh, storage spot so Hermione says she'll do it because uh, if the others do it and get caught they're going to get themselves expelled so in potions Harry is in charge of creating a diversion for Hermione so he throws a firework into Goyle's potion that explodes 
uh, and gets the potion everywhere, causes great big commotion, and Hermione is able to steal what they need. In that little segment of, of the commotion, uh, Snape again references that, that he uh, can read Harry's mind. The next week, there's a notice that there will be a dueling club starting up. It's going to be run by Lockhart, and Snape is going to assist. In the first demo, Snape disarms Lockhart uh, with the spell, very famous spell, pretty much the only spell that Harry ever uses, Expelliarmus. And it's clear that Lockhart has no idea what he's doing. The club breaks into pairs and Harry ends up with Malfoy. And after not following any of the rules, they get chosen to demonstrate how to block spells. But Lockhart doesn't actually teach Harry how to block the spell. He just sort of drops his wand on the ground. And then Malfoy shoots a big snake at Harry and Lockhart doing Lockhart things just makes everything worse antagonizes the snake, and the snake is now very angry. The snake starts making his way toward our best Hufflepuff friend, Justin Finch Fletchley, and Harry tells it to stop before uh, it attacks Justin. And then while Harry has distracted the snake, uh, Snape gets rid of the snake. But it turns out that Harry was not speaking English and that in fact, Harry can talk to snakes, which is a super rare gift and a well-known trait of Griffin of Hogwarts founder, Salazar Slytherin, which starts to fuel the rumors that Harry is actually Slytherin's heir. Class was canceled the next day due to a snowstorm and Harry really wanted to apologize and, and sort out with Justin what had gone, actually gone on. Uh, he ended up bothering Hermione so much about it because he was brooding about it that she says, just go find Justin. He heads over to the library and he uh, finds a group of Hufflepuffs where he overhears Ernie McMillan telling Hannah Abbott that Justin is hiding out in the common room so Harry can't get him. And he also makes a comment that only dark wizards are parcel mouths, which is the term for someone who can speak to snakes. Harry uh, confronts them and tells them that he's looking for Justin and he explains what actually happened, but nobody believes him. So he leaves the library and he encounters Hagrid who has a dead rooster. Uh, it's not the first one, something had been has been going around and, and killing them. Harry leaves Hagrid not, sort, not wanting to fill him in on what just happened with the Hufflepuffs in the library and he runs into a petrified Justin and a petrified, nearly headless Nick. Instead of being a see-through ghost, a petrified ghost uh, is dark and cloudy. Ernie arrives and says Harry has been caught in the act. And then McGonagall shows up. And while Harry pleads that it wasn't him, she says it's out of her hands and she has to take him to go see Dumbledore. And the chapter ends with Harry for the first time seeing the entrance to Dumbledore's office, uh, hidden behind a gargoyle. A password lemon drops, which I don't know. Has he revealed that that's his favorite candy? Or I think we learned that at, at this some point. point. I think yeah. we learned that. I yeah. think at the end of the book, actually, probably. That's ah, where we get okay. the Dumbledore Harry emotional moments uh, in these first couple <laughs> books. Still to come. Yeah. So, so this was a, like we've a really, really enjoyable chapter. Lots going on here as the dueling club was really only one portion of it. Um, I, I guess let's start with what the the chapters named after though the dueling club what exactly are your your thoughts on on this type of club and and the any benefits that you see well this is a terrible idea all around um we don't need to teach second years how to fight each other and we definitely don't need to let them learn how to do this from lockhart again it's just sort of one of the things where it feels like dumbledore's maybe just being a bit aloof like okay if you really decide that this is necessary go for it shouldn't somebody else be in charge and I guess, yes, this should be technically defense against the dark arts. I guess all wizards are very, um, I don't know, sporting and proper. And that if they're going to try and kill you, they'll do it in a duel. I, I don't know that that would really be true. 
Um, if I was a dark wizard, I would not follow uh, social norms, that's for sure. Yeah, it seems but, very old schooly. Like I challenge you to a duel back in like the 1800s type thing. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't really see the need. I don't really see the benefit. I, uh, yeah, I think it's a bad idea. What about you? Yeah, like I, I picture it almost being like a, like a self-defense class or something, but the format of it is, is just strange. Like I, I think of a, a boxing class where before you get into the ring to spar, you're learning proper technique and form and you're punching at a bag and building up conditioning and skill before you ever get to hit someone else. So the fact that these 12-year-olds are just brought into a room and just presented with like, hey, we want you to, to attack the other person without really any lessons or any type of clarification behind it, it seems like a really strange thing to do. Like, it just doesn't make sense that they're allowed to just attack each other no. right away without any type of lessons or sit-down lessons. No, and it feels like this should really be like a general part of if it's such a big thing, like shouldn't this just be a general part of defense against the dark arts, um, yep. like curriculum, they should have learned some of it in year one, they should learn a bit more. And like, okay, let's teach them. Let's start. I would imagine that learning how this stuff would be much done much, uh, much easierly. That's not a word, but much easier to, to do in like much smaller groups. Yeah, where well, you can get especially because with like wizard duels, it's all about uh, I mean, it's just they're just learning spells again. So, sorry, I've completely changed my mind again. This isn't even really part of defense against the darkness because the only thing you really learn is you like the little dance that they do at the beginning. Otherwise, you're just doing spells they already know. Well, that's exactly it. And it sounded like Harry didn't even know what because part of the chapter is Malfoy is supposed to cast an offensive spell and Harry's supposed to block it with a defensive spell and Lockhart's teaching him being like you just do this and he literally just drops his wand but it doesn't even seem like he had any type of defensive spell in his book mm. to even use at this point yeah another, th another thing that I found kind of peculiar about it was the fact that Snape was really trying to like encourage or incite some violence based on the pairings that he picked up like in the chapter originally harry wants to to split up or he wants to go with ron and snape says ah no we're gonna break up the dream team today and ends up pairing harry with malfoy two people who hate each other and then hermione with this millicent uh, i forget what her last bolstrode bolstrode so, so she he's pairing up like some pretty interesting pairings that i feel like just kind of incite or encourage even more violence and hatred and what is already kind of a combative class or, or lesson yeah, for an, everyone it's an interesting choice for sure i think part of it if i'm looking on like the brighter side of this is well they don't like each other Malfoy and Harry are both very capable. Mm -hmm. And so if you're actually trying to teach people things, it's usually better to demonstrate with capable demonstration. So that could be part of it. And he knew they would have gone bad for Ron. I mean, Ron eggs up paired with who Seamus, like, I think it's not so, like he yeah. said, it's not like he said, Ron, don't participate, but it's, yeah. It's, so It's a good point too, because even when, uh, 
Lockhart's gonna say say that they're gonna pr- practice the defensive spells, and then he brings Neville up as a, as an example. And Snape's like, "No, that's a bad idea. Unless we want to send his, I forget who the partner was. Unless we want to send him to the hospital wing, there, send him back in a matchbox. I think that was it. But what's mm-hmm. left of him in a matchbox to his family? So yeah, I, I, capability could definitely be it to a point for sure. There was one point there again where where is this offensive defensive lesson that they were learning and Malfoy is being coached by Snape and Lockhart is coaching Harry Harry doesn't really get much of a lesson Snape whispers something into Malfoy's ear before he casts his offensive spell and I think anyway that Snape had Malfoy use this circum serpensortia spell to summon the snake. Do you think Snape had like a suspicion at this point that Harry could have been a parcel mouth or a parcel tongue and wanted to confirm it by encouraging Malfoy to uh, cast the spell? Hmm, that's interesting. I think that he specifically told Malfoy to do something and then Malfoy did something completely different oh, because okay. Not only did like Malfoy didn't wait for the right count, he went early. Mm-hmm. I think Snape told him he'd do this, and then Malfoy went off the rails because I don't understand the value of casting a snake at somebody. I could be convinced of that. Yeah, like if it's possible, but like if if you were if we were about to do a duel and someone said cast a spell that will throw a snake at Kyle, I would be like, why? Yeah, wouldn't it make more sense just to? Like he just has to then dodge a snake, like to do a spell that would knock him over or whatever. Like that doesn't need like an intermediary to complete your goal of attacking your opponent. Like, so it's such a dumb idea. I attributed it to Malfoy versus Snape, but does Snape know in advance? Maybe. I think he obviously knows right away Mm -hmm. uh, when he sees, he knows what's going on right away when he sees what Harry's up to talking to it. Yeah, I think he can definitely make that that connection right away. And like I, I posed that question as I was reading through. And then even after there's a quote, like very shortly after, Snape 2 was looking at Harry in an unexpected way. So it could have very well not been what he was expecting out of it. And it caught him by surprise as well. But he'd have to be one of the first to connect the dots there and understand given that he knows a lot about Harry's history and his parents and that type of thing that he would be able to connect that up to Voldemort but I think everyone else obviously is is freaking out and really looking at Harry in a in a really bad light this chapter yeah it's not it's not great for Harry's image that's for sure speaking of which what did you think about Harry's decision to try and go and find Justin and, and talk about what had gone on Yeah, I think I personally like it. I think that it shows like a good judge of character and a a willingness to want to do what's right. I mean, there's you got to, I think, give Harry some credit for wanting to go outside of his comfort zone and confront what other people are thinking about him because not necessarily everyone's going to want to do the same thing so I I gave him a lot of credit well he did want to go out there to go try and find Justin I mean overall it was a pretty frustrating experience for for Harry I mean he went from thinking that he was 
really good and had really good values and was doing everything that he can to protect people all of a sudden realizing that like he could all of a sudden fit the description of a really dark wizard and actually be the heir to Slytherin and have all these rumors spread about him so I give him credit for trying to address them whereas I don't know it it could have been very easy to just kind of ignore it but he wanted to kind of do right by Justin after having a few off experiences with him over the past little while yeah I I agree sort of uh, I think at the beginning it was it was a good idea. Like genuinely, that's a good idea. Let me go clear the air, like so he doesn't have to worry. But after hearing, like after overhearing the Hufflepuffs in the library, I think he should have called it off. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you want to apologize. You want to sort things out. Um, Christmas is literally the next day. Most of the castle <laughs> is leaving. I think a better approach would have been let everybody leave. Like at that point, now that he has this context of what everybody is thinking. Let everybody leave. When he comes back, sort it out then. He's probably calmed down. Maybe write him a letter, have Hedwig deliver it, being like, this is what happened. Mm. Uh, like, I just think once you've got a better sense of how everybody's feeling, I don't really have, like, you're not going to accomplish anything. Like, when yeah. you hear people talking like that, you're not going to change their mind by saying, that's not what happened. They were there. They appreciated, or they, uh, they were there. They saw what they think they saw. And the next day is not the day to sort it out. Yeah. Um, some of these things you really got to let die down at least a little bit of time. And you had a gift wrapped like two week holiday with half the school gone. That's true. Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, even the letter is a very good point. I mean, all for naught in the end, because of course, Harry catches and gets caught in another really peculiar uh, situation and always just seems to be finding himself in the, the wrong place at the wrong time of all of these incidents yeah and also just how on earth did he think he was going to randomly find one person in a <laughs> castle in a storm where there were no classes so he couldn't be like well i know they're in potions right now i can wait on no he's just gonna be like ah, randomly gonna find someone what it was lucky he even found a group of hufflepuffs well yeah i think he, i think his reasoning was that he wanted he was like oh if they're off then he he must be studying in the library i think was the train of thought there that i got i don't know if the hufflepuffs are studious or what and and are there in their free time but i mean if yeah, i had a, if i had a canceled class i i don't think i'd be at the library but teach their own nope. uh, i also thought that hermione was not that helpful uh, she sort of got annoyed with him and brushed him off and sent him to deal with that on his own yeah, probably would have gone with him. They just to play really the buffer. Too much support this chapter. I no. feel like Harry was very alone in it. He didn't really. I mean, he got the initial support from Hermione and Ron, and kind of getting him out of that situation when he was speaking the parcel tongue to the snake, and then kind of explaining it to him. But I don't really think they did a good job of explaining it to him. I feel like maybe they had some doubts about him too at this point. I don't know if that's necessarily valid or not, but I feel like they were just as shook and thrown off as everyone else. And I don't know if this was Hermione playing away of like keeping some distance or whatever, if she was busy with other things or what it was, but I mean, obviously they're still planning through with the polyjuice potion and everything. And they're not like retreating from Harry and, and supporting him, but they weren't really there for him uh, very much this chapter, even at the beginning when they're, in when Harry's trying to find him after getting out of the out of the hospital wing and he can't find them anywhere and he's a little internally hurt being like oh they're not even here for me whereas they were 
getting ready with the polyjuice potion and, and trying to get yeah he just sort of um was in like they just sort of blew him off they were like we have our own things we're dealing with here we don't care about you we're apologizing like yeah. just sort of like they didn't really yeah they just sort of blew him off which not ideal for him at that exact moment he could have used some backup it's probably the biggest about of adversity that he harry's felt or base so far in this series. I mean, yeah, he lost like the 50 points last year. That was a big deal in the book that we always talk about not making sense. And the entire school hating him for that. But this seems to step above that a little bit, for sure. Uh, what this time did you uh, get reminded of that you hadn't known was coming in this chapter? Um, the diversion of Snape and like trying to find those final ingredients. I had kind of forgotten about yeah, I had, how they I had, had no recollection of that yeah. that was that was awesome to read actually it was fun yeah it's kind of like a harsh thing to do kind of spraying all this swelling potion all over the kids and stuff I mean I feel like it'd be painful as well if you got splashed with it like you're dealing with some pretty potent and dangerous stuff but uh yeah that that was something that entire scene that I had forgotten and like descriptions of Malfoy with like big pouty lips and and that type of thing so it it was fun to read but I've just I kept thinking like man if I got sprayed by some of that it would probably wouldn't be a very comfortable feeling (laughs) no it definitely would not have been a fun thing but what a clever diversion actually it's clever yeah I mean I kind of what what was the major part of the diversion where what what had harry a bit more risk because hermione is like i need to be the one who goes to steal the ingredients because you you guys are already like on thin ice but i feel like you are more likely getting caught throwing a firework into someone else's potion than you are to go steal said ingredients during said diversion but that's just me i think the punishment of getting caught throwing the firework is like, ah, you were just being a disturbance versus you're stealing from the professor. I guess that's true. Yeah, that could be one way of looking at it. I just feel like it's more public, it's more front facing when you're the one who's like doing the act and hopefully not getting caught. Whereas I feel like it would have been easier to slip away unnoticed as everyone's freaking out. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think, (laughs) I think in this moment, the diversion definitely makes getting away with the stealing easier, which I mean, that means it's a good diversion. Yeah, and you're definitely. right. In, in between the two spots, you are more likely to probably get away with the stealing. However, if they are, if they do get caught, I think you're going to just maybe get detention again, whatever. Yeah. No, that, that's valid. The, the, the other price thing, price of punishment. Yeah. yeah the other thing that I didn't really remember, and this was the whole Hufflepuff's conversation that Harry overhears between ernie and hannah mm-hmm. um and so that framed everything a little bit better too like you get it you get a sense of here's how everybody's thinking about him as opposed to just sort of getting his interpretation of how i mean we have like a direct source of this is what people are thinking so no yeah you're right like because before you when you're only getting harry's perspective it's what's true what isn't you're not really getting that confirmation of what others are are thinking and so you do get that a bit you even get where harry's like being thought of as the upcoming of the next evil wizard but then at the same time you also kind of see like hannah's perspective where she's like he can't be all that bad right like he he stopped you know who so you kind you kind of see both sides ultimately the the negative side of those kind of wins through 
but um, yeah, it, it's neat to kind of hear those those differing uh, opinions and something that you don't really get to hear of as a lot, or I guess you don't really see as much in in the movie and tend to remember. So that was kind of an interesting thing to to listen back on. Quite a few things in here that didn't make sense. Any number one didn't make sense things to you? I I I went back to the uh, just the format of this dueling class again and and the whole concept of it just didn't make sense to me that that was the biggest thing that came to me this chapter but i'm i'm curious to know what else you uh you caught and thought of yeah along those same lines i thought like if the dueling club wasn't like a thing they normally had going on why is dumbledore letting lockhart lead it like flitwick snape they, they even talk about it. the kids even talk about it they were curious as to who's going to lead it because there's so many better options than lockhart even McGonagall would have been like a good yeah. option, right? Yeah. Um, a couple other things, some smaller ones. In this chapter, um, I guess maybe this was the last, maybe I should have talked about this one last chapter, but we know the chamber has been opened before now. So shouldn't Professor Binns have known that and had a different viewpoint when he was talking about, like when he was giving the details to the kids last time, it just seemed like, shouldn't you have had a better sense oh for sure like if any teacher in the entire faculty knew well one Dumbledore obviously because he was round but two like Professor Binns would have definitely been an instructor at that time and would have definitely been aware of it so he was outright lying to everyone when he was saying that it was all a tall tale and nothing's ever been determined well he could have been telling the truth about how the uh, how the building had been searched like front and back and no chambers ever been determined to exist because they might not have known about it but yeah bins had to have known about it i think so i think that was just a weird thing also weird why harry assumed that dumbledore lived in his office this is uh, dumbledore's home <laughs> But also, if Dumbledore does live in his office, that might be even weirder than Harry thinking that he did. So I thought that was kind of odd. <laughs> I mean, like, you could have, like, a big area there where, like, you have a sleeping quarters and a study quarters and, and that type of thing. I don't know if, like, are you saying, like, that he doesn't have a, any other house, like, outside of Hogwarts and he stays there year-round type of thing? Or I just think that his office and his living area would be different or they could both be on the grounds i think they could both be on the grounds and probably both protected by the secret password and the spiral staircase yeah. but yeah i imagine he's got a pretty spacious layout there we'll have to see what the uh what kind of the descriptions come out of this mm -hmm. and then i had two like actual things that were a bit more like why did this not happen thing so why didn't they just use the invisibility cloak to steal what they needed that is a very good question uh, um, one that i think yeah one that is a very valid valid question and would have been much easier to do i think than risking someone setting off a diversion and the other thing it doesn't make sense that anybody thinks harry is the heiress learn the, the even the reasonings they use like one of the things is well he lived with muggles and he doesn't like those muggles Okay, but his best friend, number one or number two, or whatever, yeah, is a muggle. He's half blood. His mother was a muggle. Like he has no anti-muggle vibes that he 
ever puts out. Yeah, I mean, not, not any anti-muggle vibes, but he could, like, there are some things and like when you don't know someone and you make assumptions about the things that you do know, it could be very easy for those assumptions to eventually become kind of what is assumed to be like the correct thing. And so for people who don't know Harry as well, like they don't know that his hatred for muggles only stops with the Dursleys. I mean, they're they're taking what they know and trying to string it into a grand story, which is what I think is just like a natural thing for people to want to do. And so when I was kind of reading through and like reading those things, I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see why people think he would be considered a dark wizard or why he might be. I mean, it gets to a point where even I think Harry has some doubts about himself and what he's supposed to be. He still thinks he's supposed to be in Slytherin. He well, realizes he, he speaks parcel tongue. Like there's some things about him that I think he even has his doubts with at this point. But he is the only one who knows that Slytherin was like a serious option for him. Nobody else knows that. No. And I would just really think that if you're going to narrow down Slytherin's air, they're going to be in Slytherin. That's fair. Yeah, you would think that. But it, I, I, I could see one or two people thinking this, but it seemed like pervasive thinking across the other houses. Like, I think the fact that he could speak to snakes is so rooted within like, yeah, that's fair. the original bloodline of, of Slytherin or whatever. I think because of that, it's so hard for people to look past it. Yeah, that's fair. Anything else on this chapter you want to talk about? Just the kind of thought it was interesting. There's more hints of Ginny being super distraught having mm-hmm. nightmares and it's assumed it's just because she knows Colin and sat next to him in classes and that mm-hmm. type of thing. So I don't know. I, I just, I thought that was interesting. Again, they're, they're pulling on that. They're pulling on the, the roosters that Hagrid's having issues with and wants to put a charm around the, the chicken coop so that they can stop going missing and that type of thing. Just again, a lot of those things that, uh, that happen early on that, you just can't help but you, you tend to notice now having read the book before i guess that and then like there's very few times that someone cheers for snape early on in this book series but i thought this duel in particular and seeing snape kind of take on lockhart with ease and knock him down mm-hmm. on his ass i feel like that's a time when you can be like hey snape i'm i'm yeah. on your side <laughs> yeah that's true that's cool i was just curious as to how a ghost got petrified i don't know if he got petrified or if he dies because i think technically it was enough to kill him but since he was already dead he can't be any more dead we might get more of a description about it because i think to my understanding is nick sees the basilisk straight on but then it's justin who sees the snake through headless nick therefore it's not like directly looking at it but i don't really get the revitalization process like how well, does i was gonna go ask from about a that is dark how do you early to normal again yeah so that do i don't know revive the ghost yeah yeah so that was one thing i mean we can we'll see another thing we've been noting like a lot of like cool foreshadowing moments and i was just wondering they mentioned hermione being able to make waterproof fire yeah does that come back at all? 
Uh, that was from the first book. I think they're referencing the fires that she would make okay. that uh, she used to set the Lockhart's or no Quirrell's uh, robes on yeah. fire yeah, and okay. then makes references to it like on the cold nights where cold days out on the grounds where she had the fire that she would make I think that's what it's referencing okay I was, I was curious if there was anything future let's keep our eyes out for it but yeah. I couldn't think of anything that it, I just thought that was cool magic so that's fun mm-hmm. yeah no I thought that that was I, I had read that and that's what I had initially thought back to and thought it was neat that they were calling back to that as being her specialty i guess even though i'm sure if you're a capable witch or wizard you can do that no problem but any good quotes you like from this chapter ron has a lot of zingers and a lot of good quotes this book and i didn't know that until after reading it through here again but um harry explains dobby and the whole situation to them and ron says so dobby stopped you from getting on the train and broke your arm you know what, Harry? If he doesn't stop trying to save your life, he's going to kill you. So, Yeah, no, that was a good one. I had one. My quote is from Ernie McMillan, who yeah. after seeing Harry uh, looking at Justin and, and Nearly Hellish Nick goes, caught in the act. And I don't know why this stuck out to me, but he very clearly was not caught in the caught act. Caught it, yeah, exactly. He was caught after the act. <laughs> like, just that's not what that means. So I don't know. I, that one just stood out to me as like, oh, I found that quite funny because it's just so off the God, yeah. yeah, it's definitely not. Wrong place, wrong time again. But uh, I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> it's that time where we talk about who was not being helpful this chapter. Uh, who are your contenders this week? <sighs> kind of just based off the quote that you said, but Ernie McMillan is pretty biased and pretty adamant to blame Harry without ever really hearing him out um so for that and i thought he was a little close-minded and not really willing to yeah essentially hear harry out and protect his his friend from what he thought was the danger um i thought that that was kind of losery of him uh he could have handled that situation better i thought snape was in there because he was encouraging a lot of violence within these dueling classes by pairing up some some enemies and knowing that some things could go wrong and then I feel like he's a potential candidate every time he appears because he's so utterly useless, but Lockhart and yeah, my description is for being useless at teaching stuff and then just getting shown up by Snape, like every single time that he tries. So yeah, those were, those were my three. Um, I had a tough time picking because they're all like minor minor influences or minor reasons to select someone but in the end um i did go with ernie mcmillan yeah he was on my list as well essentially he's listening to the rumors and he's drawing pretty much all the wrong conclusions from the facts that he has so he's out there glittery lockhart again uh he really didn't know what he was doing like you said mm-hmm. i also thought harry was not great at this time um i thought he probably really should have just let Justin be, let it blow over the holidays and then go on. Um, but that's, that's nothing. I think, I think here I'm, I'm with Lockhart. Like, yeah. If Lockhart doesn't run away with least valuable, I don't know what we've done here because <laughs> he's, he doesn't offer anything in the positive direction. So no, that's exactly right. He's not bouncing it out with, with anything else at this point and won't be 
at all this book i'm pretty sure i don't think he's useful at all so no i don't <laughs> think so either which leaves us with uh and also what i found not that easy to discuss this time which was our mvp i agree discussions yeah um i had a couple of contenders and then i eventually decided on one but on the flip side of ernie i i thought maybe hannah abbott could could, could get it because while ernie was adamant in in blaming harry she was a little more open-minded about thinking that harry must be okay given his reputation of of stopping voldemort initially um a weaker one that i put up but like hermione i thought for still trusting in harry and then leading the charge with stealing the ingredients but i thought that that was way too weak eventually though i i settled on on harry i realized that he could have been seen as bad but i thought that he had a lot of good qualities in him by trying to do what's right even though he was in a really bad position where like a, the majority of the school is thinking some pretty evil and some pretty bad things about you but he was still trying to go out there to right the wrong with justin and track him down to let him know how things were going you as you addressed there were probably some better ways that it could have been done but I thought that at least he was willing to make an effort in that sense. So I went with Harry for this chapter. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I had my options that I liked Hermione thinking, you know, if I steal it, I won't get the same trouble you guys are going to get into when around the potion ingredients. So I like that. And I actually had a very different read on Snape this chapter. I liked how he made a fool of Lockhart in the Dueling Club. Yeah. And I actually think the Malfoy versus Potter was a good matchup. I think it if, if executed properly, they both would have actually learned something versus them just going with their regular partners. If Malfoy goes with Crabbe or Goyle, he's not going to learn anything. Yeah. And Harry going with Ron here is not going to learn anything. So I think it would have been helpful for both of them. So I'm actually going to go Snape as the most valuable. And I think uh, you mentioned it earlier, but this is one of the few times early on that we get a um, a positive view of Snape. Yep. Because um, oh. everything is pretty negative early, uh, which is just a different 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 type of view. We we don't get that all the time. So, thought this might be a good chance to get Snape on the positive side. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point. I I still had him in in my LVP contenders, but could very well go that way. And you do make some really good points because it was a lot of fun watching him make a fool out of out of uh lockhart there using the ever famous expelliarmus spell which as we now know is very effective and and used quite commonly throughout the book in the series so we'll we'll be seeing more of that coming up speaking of coming up next week we are back to two chapters we're going to chap tackle chapter 12 the polyjuice potion and everything that happens in the castle around christmas and then chapter 13 the very secret diary which I think will be very interesting to read uh, with a close lens. We're going to get a sense of what goes on with Hagrid back in the past. I believe that's what happens in that chapter. If I, not, I'm going to have a very exciting chapter because I have no idea what would go on if that's not yeah, what we talk about. I think this is the, the do you know anything about the Chamber of Secrets? So yes. that'll be fun to go back on. I'm also curious to go read more into why Malfoy 
stayed at Christmas. I don't know if there was ever a reason provided or if it was just so that they could do this over the Christmas time or or what. So yeah, I'm curious to to look a little bit more into these these two chapters here. In the meantime, though, you uh, you want to give us a follow, you can do so on Instagram at Harry Potter Reread Podcast. You can also shoot us an email, Harry Potter Reread Podcast at gmail.com. And that is it for this week. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll be back next week. More great stuff. I'm David. That was Kyle. Bye.